Can you win the year? That's the question for 2023. We're talking about winning the year. This is Gabe and Melissa Kolstad, and we're here with the West Side Podcast, the Midweek Motivation episode. And we want to talk about how your life this year is more important than ever. And it's important that you win the year, that this doesn't just become another year that goes down in history as one in which you didn't make the goal or you didn't do what you wanted to do. Um, I was thinking recently, I heard about actually this uh, podcaster talk about how a pandemic is really defined in three phases. One is the disaster it creates. And uh, definitely for us in the post pandemic era, it has created a disaster. And the second is uh, the disorientation it creates where we don't know what to do. You know, we, we yeah, we're paralyzed. Yeah, we're paralyzed. <laughs> we're trying to figure out what's next. How right. am I supposed to go forward as a person? And then the third is the demand that it creates for new leadership, mm. how we've got to step up and be the people that God has called us to be. And, you know, Melissa and I are celebrating 25 years actually this week at Westside in ministry, and we're excited about that. We've made it 25 years. That's amazing. We we didn't quit. We didn't didn't flame out. And, you know, some years have been better than others, and we've done some things better than others. And Made a lot of mistakes. We've made tons of mistakes. We haven't always succeeded. But we're still here. Yeah. And we're excited about that. Yeah. And and so one of the things we're encouraging you about this year is how do you make it through the whole year? 365 days to still be standing at the end of it. And how do you win the year that way? We're going to talk about Nehemiah, the biblical leader, this, this episode. And um, as we talk about him, one of the things we know is he was a world changer. He yeah, really he was. was. Um, he he did some things that have not only been documented for us to read about throughout history, but also changed the circumstance in which he was living and for not only himself, but for lots of people. Um, he Nehemiah was a, a Jew who was exiled in Persia. He was serving as the king's cupbearer. Mm-hmm. And so he would actually like taste the food. You know, make yeah. sure it wasn't going to kill the wasn't king. Wasn't poisonous. Yeah, it wasn't poison and stuff. <laughs> it was a big job. Um, and actually, he's one of the king's most trusted servants mm-hmm. or leaders. Yep. And uh, he had a comfortable life, but he got some bad news. The bad news was he was actually a Jew mm-hmm. living in Persia. And he found out that it wasn't going well back home in Jerusalem. They were supposed to be rebuilding the temple, uh, reinstituting the Jewish worship ritual, because uh, that was what had had been reinstituted, but it wasn't going well. Right. And the bad news was, yeah, I mean, the, the walls are broken down. Um, the people are being ridiculed. And so he got a new calling out of that. You know, sometimes bad news leads to a, a new calling. That's right. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. And as a result, what he did was he moved to Jerusalem and he nailed it. I mean, this guy was awesome yeah a leader of leaders uh i mean a man of the hour he he totally won the year and uh not only did he did he rebuild the wall in 52 days he also stayed for an extra 12 years and created stability that they needed and so we're going to be talking today about how do you win the year how do you become the person that like steps in 
And maybe for your family or maybe for your workplace or maybe for your spiritual life, you become the person who steps in and you win the year. Now, Melissa is going to talk a little bit about the scripture that we're looking at this week. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Nehemiah 6, and it's really Nehemiah 6, 1 through 16 is the part that we're kind of focused on. And it's so good. Nehemiah is one of my favorite books. There's a book about this story of Nehemiah that we read a while back. I can't remember the name of it, but it was- Visioneering, I it was a visioneering. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Andy it's Stanley. Andy Stanley. Yeah. What a great guy. I love his stuff. Man, but this is so good. So basically, some guys are coming at Nehemiah for building the wall. They're mad at him. And, he, yeah. and I mean, you know, always opposition, I guess. But there's these enemies that are coming at him for rebuilding the wall. And he's finishing up the wall at this point in the story. And there's no gaps Walls up. They're still waiting to put the gates up and, and some which, stuff like which, that. Which, by right? the way, would have been a yeah. threat to the enemies for sure. Right. You, because they those, wanted to control right. Jerusalem. In those days, yeah. the walls were very, very important. Yeah. It was a protection. It was like a a, a, a safety zone mm-hmm. for your people. And I mean, we've been over in Europe and, and Middle East and, and there are, you still see the old walls. Yeah, you do. And you think, wow, that's so weird. That's not something we do in the States to protect ourselves. But it was a big deal back then for the people to have that. And so, so of course, so he's almost done, right? He's almost done. He's been working hard and he still has the doors and the gates to put up. And these people come at him and they're like, "Uh, we don't like what you're doing. We're asking to meet with you. We want to have a chat with you. We need to talk about this. Well, these guys sent this message like four times, right? And he's just not having it. And I love in verse three, it says, so I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Sassy. <laughs> love that. <laughs> totally. I feel like that's something I would say. I love that. So four times they sent this message. And then the fifth time they actually told him why they wanted to meet with them. Right. And they're like, we heard a rumor that you are there's going to be this Jewish rebellion that's going to happen when you get the walls up and that you're going to be king. And they're telling him this stuff and he's like, wait, that's not true. Verse eight says, there's no truth in any part of your story. You're making the whole thing up. You're just trying to intimidate us. Imagine that you could discourage us from working. And I'm just like, you know what? That's so crazy, right? You're doing your thing. He's working so hard. And these people, these bullies are coming like at him and want to discourage him and intimidate him. And so he says, I love this so much. So I continued to work with even greater determination. (laughs) I love how sassy he is. Anyways, and so then it goes on. There's a little bit more sassiness going on between these guys against him. And, And at the very end, it says, so on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after it had begun, when our enemies in the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Mm. Oh, so good, right? That is so good. I love it. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know where you're at right now, but maybe you're you're feeling called to do something great for your family. And 2023 is the year. It's the year. Yeah. You're finally past the drama. You're finally past the trauma. And you're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to step forward. This is going to be our year to make progress financially or spiritually or relationally. And somebody's going to come against you. You know that it's going to happen. Somebody's going to come against you and they're going to say, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Why would you do it? And you've got to be able to stand up and say, we're going to do it because we're called by God to do it. That's right. 
And don't be intimidated. You know, I think I love it. And uh, uh, Nehemiah, I think it's so fascinating that he built the wall. You know, the wall was so important to finish there in Jerusalem because it was going to be the protection, you know, the source of stability for the the re-engagement of uh, really the worship of God in Jerusalem. And, right. and for it to be that center of worship life, community life. And it's kind of like back to the original reason why God said, you're my special people, is right. that there was going to be this this identification around worship. Mm. And Nehemiah came back because he was so bothered by the fact that it wasn't happening. Well, yeah, the first five chapters are Mm -hmm. so good that led to this point. Yeah, read Nehemiah. Oh, you have to read Nehemiah because he was so broken Mm -hmm. and upset that that this had happened in his hometown or whatever. And he was like, we got to fix this. Yeah. And he gets a whole group together and they all fix their area. And he's like got this whole thing. I mean, it was Leadership 101. It was awesome. Yeah. So read Nehemiah. So it's good. So good. And, so it, good. and honestly, if you look back through history, uh, all the greats had a problem they were solving. And, and the problem, yeah. it's not like that was great. That was a problem. It was a problem. It was negative. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it created this uh, fire in them that was birthed out of dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. And Moses, for sure, would be in that category yeah. where he was looking at the Israelites uh, and their situation in slavery. And it was about dissatisfaction, discontent. Yeah, if you look at it. Martin Luther King, mm. you know, it's like discontent. And so you might be looking at the world going like, this is messed up. Yeah. And you might look at your family like this is, it's gotta be better than this. And so that discontent can, can serve uh, to be, a real driver for what God wants to do. It's probably the biggest clue, honestly, to what God wants to do through you. Hmm. So we want to talk about how to win the year this year, 2023 and Nehemiah's three secrets for how he lasted because he didn't just last 52 days. That would have been fine, but he lasted 12 years as the governor of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes longer than it's, you know, real progress doesn't happen in a month or two months or three months. If you want to make a difference, don't commit to a short-term thing, right? Commit to the long haul. We're excited that we've made it 25 years here at Westside. Yeah, and and, and it's not that it's easy no, to stay and keep going yeah. and to work through everything. It's hard, but it's it's important. It is. You can't just give up every time something or someone comes at you, right? Oh, and so many things do, so right? So many things, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we could even point to some of the stuff that's happened here. And if it hadn't have been for a long haul, it wouldn't have created, it wouldn't have been created, you know? Well, and there was a mentality. It was a calling that yeah. God had on us. And then it was a determination in our head that, no, we just keep going. Yeah. This is our calling. We don't stop if, yeah. if there's stuff coming at us. Absolutely. We just don't. So yeah. three secrets. Here's the first yes. one is a reason, the right reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Nehemiah had the right reason to go forward. I mean, it said in Nehemiah 6.3, it said, I'm doing a great work. Yeah. He, he said, I'm doing a great work. Like great as in better than anything else I could be doing with my time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. And I don't know how you feel about your job or the thing you would say is the where you spend the most time of your life. Is it great? I mean, like transcendent. Is it a cause? And I don't mean to make you feel like, you know, oh gosh, my job is such a waste of time. But how do you use that job? Do you have a reason that is a great calling 
that you use your time on. I mean, what it, what are you here for? Yeah. Nehemiah understood why he was here on the earth for his short life. I love Psalm, Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. Yes. It's about using the days that you have because they're limited. And Nehemiah understood that. So he had a reason why he was here. He had a transcendent cause or purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's 25 years for you or 365 days, the truth is it's easy to get distracted. I mean, it's so easy to get distracted and uh, lose sight of the why. Mm -hmm. And God has a purpose for your life. Um, If you zoom way out to why am I here, there are definitely Mm -hmm. some, some reasons why you're here. You're here to, one, be a member of God's family. He wants you to be a member of his family. And if you're not yet, he's going to keep moving things into your life that remind you of that. He's going to keep calling you toward it. We see this all the time in, in our church ministry, people coming into contact with Jesus and and realizing that God loves them and moving away from their past and embracing him as their savior. He wants you to be a member of his family. He wants you to be a model of his character. Uh, to become like him, Jesus, in character. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be a minister of his grace, to take your past and and recycle it and and use it to help other people in in, in the present. That's called a ministry. And he wants you to be a messenger of his love, to tell people who are outside the faith and outside the church who Jesus is. And he wants you to be what's called a magnifier of his name, that we would all lift up Jesus, that we would all point to God's greatness and his goodness. I mean, these are all things that he wants to do. And you're a link in the chain. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about your reason for being here, I love Colossians 1.16. It says, everything was created through him and for him. And for Nehemiah, his life's work was to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Why? To reinstitute worship, uh, the centrality of following God as a lifestyle. And, you know, for you, it could be something unique and different from that. For me, it's to pass on the faith. And, you know, the Apostle Paul said to pass it on, and I'm grabbing that, and I'm thinking about my own kids, and I'm passing it on to my kids and to others in our community. And so what is your great calling, great work or reason? Because your reason has to come before everything else. If you don't have a great reason, you can't stay on course. The second thing is, yeah, you'll give up. (laughs) The second thing is your passion. And a great reason leads to a great passion. Uh, Nehemiah said, I'm engaged. Not only did he say it's a great work, he said, I'm engaged. And I, I don't know how you feel about your work, but if you're you know, a, 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 an engineer at Intel, or if you are a principal at a public school, or if you are a stay-at-home parent, you might not always go like, I'm engaged. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% here. And Nehemiah said, I am engaged. When the, the detractors came to get him off yeah. mission, he said, no, I'm involved. I'm engaged in a great work. I'm engaged. And I love that. Jim Elliott, the missionary, said, uh, wherever you are, 
be all there. Mm-hmm. And I just love that, you know. And for me, uh, as a as a uh, three on the Enneagram, <laughs> um, I'm a I'm an achiever. You know, I mean, I I love to get more stuff done, and so I have lists, and I have like projects <laughs> and goals and priorities and it's all mapped out. I mean, I just did it over my last week, you know, it's the new year and I've already, I've got it, man. I've got my 12 goals in place and I know what the subtasks are to get them done. Um, It's easier for me to not be in the moment because I'm thinking about my goal, you know, and Jim Elliott's like, no, wherever you are, be all there. Uh, One of the things I'm trying to learn this year is how to be present in the moment, because I have to believe that God not only gives me a reason, but gives me a passion. Mm-hmm. And a passion is a connection to this moment. You know that the word worry actually means to be pulled apart. Mm. And and so when you think about like how sometimes you're in two places at once, you're, you're here, but you're not really here. Right. You're kind of like there too trying to fix a problem that hasn't happened yet. That's actually called worry. And I find myself in that place so often naturally. So I have to actually pull myself back to passion, passion being engaged in the present conversation at dinner around the table, you know, in conversation with Melissa, uh, in that moment with somebody from our church who needs care. Um, Passion is being there, Hmm. And knowing that God brought you there for a reason, so you are 100% there, not 99 or 75% (laughs) there, but all the way there, it's so important not to be pulled apart. Great passion comes from great purpose. And if you struggle with passion, let me give you a little clue on how you can handle it. Uh, Darren Hardy in the book, the entrepreneurial roller coaster. He says this. He goes, There's four passion tanks. Mm. And I love this because I think it's super practical and helpful. He said, There's number one, you get passion from the first tank, which is what you do. Uh, but most of us only think of what we do as the passion tank. Like, I am a pastor, or I am a father, or I am a coach, or whatever it is. And so you look at that and you go like, well, it's no longer providing me passion, so what am I supposed to do? (laughs) If you're a stay-at-home parent, oh man, I'm so tired. Or if you're an executive, I'm so tired of this. Um, But the second passion tank is why you do it. That provides more passion. Why do you do it? You know, Paul the Apostle might say, well, it's because Jesus is asking you to pass it on. Nehemiah might be go, going because because you're rebuilding the wall. You know, you're reinstituting worship. Uh, the third passion tank is how you do it. Because only you have like a certain way of how you do certain mm-hmm. things. And uh, like as an example, Melissa, she she is such a great cook. And when she cooks certain things, I mean, like this week she made some... She made this Mediterranean, what was that? It was like a tomato-based, I, uh, I mean, it was so good. It was like... It's a Middle Eastern egg Middle dish. Eastern egg dish. Okay. I think it's called shakuta or something like okay. that. Okay, so it was so good. And she just takes care in how she does that. <laughs> and, you know, like how you do it matters. You can draw p- passion from going like, I do this in a way that is excellent. And that brings passion to it. Uh, the fourth way is who you do it for. That's the fourth tank, who you do it for. And um, 
if you were Nehemiah, you'd be saying, I'm doing it for God, not for the king, because he was serving the king in the beginning, remember? Mm-hmm. He was a cupbearer for the king. Right. And he was probably scared to ask the king for help, but he did it anyways. Yeah. And and, and the king helped. Because because what he knew was actually, no, I have a higher calling than that. Mm-hmm. It's God. It's the eternal God of the universe who actually has a job for me to do. And it is to restore worship in Jerusalem, the place where he said he was going to create this special people. And so now it's about who do you do it for, you know, which is what a special thing. It's temporary versus eternal. Mm. Um, the other day, uh, one of the common things in our family, in our life, is that we go to the gym. Now, Melissa is a gym rat, they say. <laughs> Uh, that's what they, that's, I think that's what they'd call you. A gym very rat. nice. Yeah. Nice name. Right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be what they would call <laughs> you? Probably. I mean, when you're there four or five times a week, yeah. I think that's what you're called. Yeah. When you know people at the gym. Yeah, you know them. <laughs> you know their names. You know when the they classes work. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All that stuff. So <laughs> Melissa's like a gym rat, right? I'm I'm like a acquaintance to the gym. And uh, <laughs> so one of the things that's happened is, is that, but here's the cool thing. And maybe you'd be proud of me for this moment. Maybe. Um. I have changed my motive for why I go to the gym because for a while it's been, it's for you because I know it's going to make you happy. Um, But it's starting to be for a different reason. And here's the new reason why is because I realized that my body is the temple of the Holy ghost. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians six, 19 says you're a temple of God's spirit. It says that your body matters. And so I'm starting to think about, not just because Melissa wants me to go to the gym because she likes for me to be there with her because she knows she wants me to be healthy because she wants me to live a long, healthy life, all that stuff. And that matters. But more than that matters that I realize that I'm a steward of a body that God gave me. When you elevate things like your reason and things like your passion, God can get you in a place where you will not give up no matter what. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who comes against you. Um, you're not going to give up. You're not going to be distracted. That's what we've been learning. Number yeah. three. Well, number three, and you just a little bit hit on it, is determination. Um, and he says in the verses, he says, I can't come. Mm-hmm. I love that line. I can't come. I, he was focused. So stay focused on what God has called you to do. Um, what you're being called to do is different than what others are being called to do, right? So sometimes you can bring your passion in to other people and like share your passion. And sometimes they'll get passionate too and you can rally together and and that's awesome. But it, you stay focused on what God has called you to do um, and go all in. Don't get sidetracked. I think this is the big thing about determination is it's so easy to get sidetracked because of things mm-hmm. or people or ideas, yourself, your own mind thinking and stuff. It's just like, it's hard a lot of times it can be completely focused and determined on what God has called you to do and to keep going and not get sidetracked. So the question is, what sidetracks you the most? Hmm. And I was thinking about that when I was thinking about this this talk and I was thinking a lot of stuff can sidetrack us. Laziness, I think is a huge one. Um, fear of failure, I think hmm. is probably the biggest one that a lot of us are like, oh, mm, I have this thing that I want to do but I'm afraid to do it because I might fail. That's probably more for me too. And what other people think is another one because we're always afraid, "Mm, but 
what if they don't agree or what if they don't like it or what if it doesn't make sense to them? And so we get sidetracked with all these little thoughts that come in our head and, and they haven't even happened. They're just thoughts in our head. Right. But as if so God true. Is, I know, but if God has given you a reason or a passion for something, don't get sidetracked, Stay focused and determined through all the fears. See, great things aren't easy. Um, what comes easy won't last long. What lasts long won't come easy. Oh, wow. That's good. Isn't that great? Oh, I love that. I thought that was so good. It's worth it in the end. So great things are just not easy, but it's worth it. Keep pushing. Um, there's usually great influence, great rewards when you come to the end of the finish line, right? Um, gosh, lots of people start well, but those that finish well are rare. And be rare. Be different. Don't quit. Um, I was thinking about the determination I had in college. See, being raised, I was not a good student. Um, I'm just a little hyperactive, <laughs> very social. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And so um, I just don't have time for studying. And and so I found school to be very, very challenging. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to college and I'm going to finish college. And I did. You did. And it was hard. I'm not going to say it was easy, but... Um, but it was hard, but it was one of those things where I was determined to get a degree. I was just determined and I just kept pushing hard and I made it 3.2 at graduation. And I walked across that stage. I was a proud girl. So, um, another question for you is what do you need to say no to? So you can say yes to your purpose and calling. What do you need to say no to, to stay on track? That's good. Um, you know what? You'll disappoint people. You're going to disappoint people like you're going to be driving. You're going to be doing your thing. You're going to stay determined, stay on track, do all this stuff. But not everybody's going to hop along and Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, yeah, what you're doing. That's it. No, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. But if God has called you to something, stay focused and determined and finished well. Second Timothy four, seven says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I have remained faithful. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So I want to say at the end of my life that. I did the best I could in this life. I was all in. I was determined. I was focused. I did what I was called to do. I made a difference. I had influence. I had impact. I want that to be said of me. And um, I just want to finish well. And so I want 2023 to be another step in that direction as just continually going up and finishing well. So stay determined. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there's God has a purpose for your life Mm -hmm. and 2023 is going to be a great year. How do you win that year? Well, it's with a better, you know, reason. It's with a better passion, a better determination to really get intentional about those things, to think through them. What is your reason? Why Why would you say that 2023 is going to be important? What's God's call for your life? What about the passion? How do you get to where you can stay fully present in the moment with what those things are and then determination. I mean, could you even say no to things that maybe people that you care about are asking you to do and, and, and then, and then be willing to be criticized even (laughs) for staying on course. Uh, Those are the only things that will take you through this year to where you can end it. Uh, December 31st is going to come. Finish well. Yeah. And you're going to be like, yes, I did it. I made it. I did it. (laughs) That's right. And uh, we want to be there cheering you on. That's right. So thank you so much for taking just a few minutes this week to 
to stop and listen. We hope that this has been helpful to you. If it has been, we want to encourage you to do two things. One, would you subscribe and share? Because we're always sharing practical, relevant content that applies to our daily lives. And we hope that you'll be a part of that. And then also, we hope you'll stop by a Westside service. Uh, One of them is happening this weekend. We're kicking off a new series called Winning the War in Your Mind. so excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. You can catch that either in person here at our campus in the Portland, Oregon area or online at westsidecommunitychurch.com. But either way, we hope to see you very soon and we hope you have a great week.